Doesn't it seem like that the floods are getting worse and the storms are getting bigger? What does Jesus tell us about that? The, 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 the time is getting short, guys. I, I really believe in, which, which is, I guess, it is a good lead into to our message today that, man, we, as you keep seeing this, you know, uh, it, these things are continuing to increase, you know, and, and, and the Lord tells us that. And pastors, I talked about that in our prophecy series recently, you know, that, that we know that the Bible says that Jesus says that, that the time is, is short. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit, uh, in the message today. But today is part two, as Pastor Kelly said, today's part two of our mission, uh, uh, I mean, of our vision series, a mini series on our vision. Uh, last week, Pastor Todd laid out all four, as Pastor Kelly just did, is to know God, live free, find your purpose, and make a difference. But I want to start out by saying that, you know why this is our vision? Because it's God's vision. Because it's God's vision for the church. And it comes out of, we, we read it out of Ephesians, but, you know, there's a pastor that does a, a great job breaking down that you can see at least four and five different areas, starting in Exodus all the way through the New Testament, these four things laid out in the scriptures. And, and Pastor Todd read it last week, and I will again in Ephesians 1, 17 and 18. If you have your Bible, if you're not there, give you a minute to turn there, open it up on, your, on, on, on the church app. You'll be there, you can take notes and whatnot. But uh, Ephesians 1, 17, 18 in the NIV says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Father, we just pray over our time in your word and already thank you, Lord God. I, we can sense and feel you're here, you're with us, your presence and your power is here. Now may an increase of wisdom and revelation as we just read uh, to be upon us that we may know you better. That we truly can live free, that everybody in here that doesn't know can find their purpose, and that we all, Lord God, no matter where we're at in our life, can make a greater difference, Lord God. Holy Spirit, give us, Lord God, what we need to see and the grace to apply this to our lives today, tomorrow, and all the days, whatever amount of days those are left we have here on this earth. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So just to recap these four things quickly, Paul says that he kept praying that that, that God's people would know him. And again, that word know him means to know him personally. Again, Pastor Todd said this yesterday, and I saw a young man, I just met him, he was here for the first time today, has a Drew Brees jersey on. And, you know, we all know who Drew Brees is, right? Or, or, or you should, right? And But um, does anybody in here think Drew Brees knows them, knows him personally? No, we know who he is. And in the day and age of Twitter and, and Instagram, we can follow people. We can know who they are, but we don't know them personally. So we don't want to just know about God. And see, I think for many, many years, people, they know about God. They, they hear about God. They, they could even read about God. Kind of like if you follow somebody on social media, you can know who they are, what they think, what they write, but don't know them personally. This word means to know God personally in the intimate way. That's step one of God's vision. Then he goes on to say that he also prays that the eyes of our hearts be enlightened. One translation says to be focused and clear. See, the eyes of our heart. The Bible says our, our, our heart has eyes. It's really our, our spiritual eyes, our, the insight that not, not, that's not physical. Our hearts need to be cleared from the smudge of the past. It may be from sin, from hurts, disappointments, addiction, etc. Whatever it is, God wants us to set us free so we can live free so that we can see Clearly, so he wants us to live free. All of us uh, need to live free, even if we've gotten free. And I'm going to share a little bit of my testimony again later. We can all be at another level of freedom so we can see clearly. Are y'all tracking with me? This is God's vision, right out of Ephesians. Why do we need to see clearly? Why is it that we need to see clearly with our hearts 
Ah, it's what he tells us in the very next verse. So we can see the hope to which God has called us to. I think that's amazing that, you know, our hope is tied to our calling. Our hope is tied to our purpose. See, if you don't, if you don't have purpose in your life, you're not going to have much hope. So our hope is tied to our calling, the purpose of which God has called us to. Your calling is your purpose in life. So you need to find your purpose. You need to first, one, first and foremost, come to know God, the Father, in a personal way. We'll talk about how to do that at the end of the service. Then you need to, to, to live, get free and live free, stay free, so you can see clearly what's your calling, what's your purpose in life. And once you find out what your purpose is, God wants you to use that to make a difference in other people's lives. I love this is a newer translation of the Bible. And I just, as I was studying Friday, um, this came up. But I love this translation. It's in the Passion Translation. James 1.27 says, true spirituality that is pure in the eyes of our Father God is to make a difference in the lives of orphans, widows, and their troubles. Of course, he's specifically talking about orphans and widows. But the Bible makes it clear we are to make a difference. True spirituality. We can know a lot of the Bible. We can read a lot of the Bible. We can quote a lot, and that's all great. But but the, the, James says true spirituality is when you go out and make a difference in somebody else's life. Y'all tracking with me? So it's good to know. We need to get. We need to be spiritual. We need to to do the spiritual things of praying and worshiping and 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 fasting and all those things. But then we need to go out and make a difference in other people's lives. So last week, Pastor Todd unpacked the first step. Once you get us to know God, he said to know God means to have a genuine love and passion for him. It means to have a willingness to follow him. It means you're willing to reach and care for others, as I just mentioned. And to know God means to be willing to lay down your life for him. So he unpacked the first part of our vision of, 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 of our journey. So today, uh, as, as we conclude the second part of this uh, uh, mini series, I'm going to we're going to look at the other three parts of our vision and how we live them out practically. So today's message, living out the vision, living out the vision. So let's look at those three. Number one, talking about living free, how do we practically do, do that? Well, we have for years and years at this church created a way, and this is just one of many ways, but of one of very helpful way. Number one, life groups help you to live free. Life groups help you to live free. As you just heard in the announcements, we're just launching life groups again. Well, how does being in a life group help you to live free? How does that work? James 5.16 gives us some insight. James 5.16 says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. You see, we confess our sins to God for forgiveness, but we confess to others for healing. Do y'all see that? But, but what does it mean, confess my sin? Man, I need to go around and tell everybody in my life group how I messed up this week? Well, maybe, if that's what the Lord's helping you to do, to get off your chest. But, but that word goes a little bit deeper. The Lord uses other people to free us and heal us from the things that are holding us back. So it says, confess your sins to one another. What was the second part? Pray for one another. Are y'all awake this morning? Pray for one another, right? There's something powerful about coming together and and, you know, of course, there got to be someone you trust. Of course, there got to be someone you've built relationship with. And that's, again, the importance of life groups. But confess to one another and pray for one another so you may be healed. So how does this work practically? So let's say you're struggling with a certain sin or maybe an addiction. And, and this is personal in my life, which I'll talk about in a minute. As you begin to walk through that with someone, talk through that, and pray about those issues with others, the Lord begins to bring freedom and healing in your life. You know, I know that the Lord can supernaturally touch you and heal you of, of maybe a broken heart 
a disappointment. Maybe, maybe some kind of violation that was, was, was thrust upon you. Maybe, maybe an addiction or something. Maybe it's a wrong mindset. I know the Lord can, you, you can have a moment with God. You can come to this altar. You can be by yourself in your own home and God can supernaturally break that off your life. But James makes it clear that he uses people to bring healing and freedom in our lives. So the Lord will begin to do this. You know, there's another great picture of this in the book of John. We see a picture of this whenever Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead in the book of John. See, just as has he raised Lazarus from the dead physically, and if you're not familiar with the story, he did. Mary, Martha's brother, Lazarus died. Uh, they had prayed. They asked Jesus to come to pray for Lazarus so he would get better when he was sick, and he didn't come, and so he ended up dying. So they thought that was it. That's the end of the story. But Jesus purposely waited, and it was like four days. He was already in the tomb and everything, and he went. And, and, and to, to be with the family. And so Lazarus died physically. Jesus goes, and we're going to read about it in a minute, raises him up supernaturally from the dead to give him new life. Well, just as he did that to Lazarus in the physical, Jesus does that for us spiritually. We were spiritually dead in our sins, those of us that are saved and born again. And Jesus gave us new life in Christ when we got saved and born again. Do you agree with that? We were dead, spiritually speaking, and God raised us to new life. So with that in mind, let's read the, the, the account of Jesus raising Lazarus from, Lazarus from the dead. And John eleven forty three 43 and 44 says this. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. I love how one person said that. He said, you know, Jesus had to specifically say, Lazarus, come out. Because if he would have just said, come out, everybody in the grave would have got raised from the dead. From his power. So he had to be specific. He said, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out. And his hands and feet were bound in grave clothes. His faith, face was wrapped in a head cloth. Now listen to this. Jesus told them, the people around them, unwrap him and let him go. See, Jesus raises us from the dead spiritually. He uses people to set us free from the bondages that we're in. You see that? Amen? And see, that's the purpose of life groups. The Lord, only the Lord can save you. Only the Lord, I've had people say, oh yeah, man, Brandon, he saved me. I'm like, oh no, no, I didn't save you, brother. I pray with you to get saved. Only Jesus can save you. Only Jesus can. Pastor Kelly's laughing. We had a youth in the youth counter one time and said, man, Kelly baptized me in the Holy Spirit. He's like, no, no, no. That's not theologically correct, man. Jesus baptized you. Only Jesus can save you. Only Jesus can baptize you. But he uses the church to help unwrap this and unbind us, right? Get us out of our bondage that we're in. So spiritually speaking, he does the same thing in us. And a lot of y'all have heard my testimony, but I, again, I met, I met a couple of people first time here today. So just to share, I was, and, and I wouldn't, this wasn't even in my notes Fridays. I was up this morning praying and going over my notes. I was reminded of this, you know, whenever, before I got saved, a lot, like a lot of Pastor Todd and Pastor Kelly, a lot of us were drug addicts, alcoholics on the streets, partying and, and going from here. A lot of people here, I know the same. And when I got saved, I got radically saved. Just like Lazarus, I, I walked down this aisle and I radically got saved right here at the altar. Supernaturally, I walked back up that aisle a different person. And yeah, praise the Lord. And you know what? And, and I started thinking about this. You know, I had been an addict for so many years, I thought for sure I'd have to go to some kind of rehab. Now, let me preface this. Rehab is great. People get a lot, the, the rehabilitation centers in our community, that's awesome. That's great. You have maybe went through one and God used that. and That's great. But, you know, for me, I didn't. And I thought, man, God supernaturally did that. But guess what? Right after I got saved, I started going to a life group every week. Every Thursday night, right away, I got connected with a small group of believers that were doing life together. I come to church on Wednesdays. 
I'd go to life group on Thursday nights right down the road. I'd come to church on Sundays and any other thing. And I begin to think about that this morning. One of the ways the Lord set me free from drugs and alcohol was that I was in a life group. I was connected. And how, and how does that work? I can remember specifically one afternoon or one evening, I'm sitting in my apartment by myself, and I get a knock on my door. Somebody knocked on my door. I opened the door, and it was one of my friends, and he had two different kinds of drugs that I, I used to love when I was an addict. And he said, hey, man, I got this and I got that. What you need? I didn't even let him in my apartment. I remember cracking the door and just said, man, I don't need none of that. I said, I got Jesus now. And he said something like, oh, man, you know, and he, he made some comedy. He's like, all right, man, I'll catch you later. And he closed the door and he ran off, you know. But as, as a new believer, I'm starting to think like, man, that, this guy got everything that can make me feel really good tonight, you know. And I start battling with that temptation in my mind. Thank God I didn't call him. Just a couple of days later, I was at a life group. I was at my life group, and there was a young man in there, and we were all about the same age. It was a college and career age group, and I began to tell him about it. Man, this guy came knocking on my door with, with some drugs that I used to love to get high on. I said, man, it was, it was kind of hard when he walked away. You know, I wanted to call him. I thought about it, and he just started encouraging, man, you don't need that. You did the right thing, man. You're doing good. See, that's how God helps to set us free and helps to keep us free, to live free, amen? That's the power of life groups, of being in a life group, amen? So I don't want just myself to be an example from, you know, almost 15, 16 years ago. I got a couple current examples of the power of being in a life group if you're not already in one. I didn't get permission to, to, to share this, and so I'm not going to say the lady's name, but she told my wife this story. And there was a lady here in this church, and, and, and I'm going to just read it because my wife, she, she, she wrote it down and, and, and sent it to me. It says, a lady in our church was in a spot in life where she was feeling down. Her birthday was coming up, and there wasn't much enthusiasm surrounding the day. No one knew what she was feeling inside. The day before her birthday, she had a life group. She, she had life group. She went to her life group. Little did she know that the ladies decided to celebrate her birthday with some small treats and excitement. This ended up being the thing that pulled this lady out of her slump. That just happened recently right here in our church, y'all. Praise God. Isn't that awesome? Again, we know everybody's busy. We know everybody, we all, myself included, as time goes on, we get busier and busier. So we're just launching another life group campaign. And, and, and I know we're, we're encouraging you to get in there. And it's not just to try to give you something else to do. I get it. We, we all have enough to do, right? But these are, this is a real life situation. This lady was in a slump in her life and she was in a low point for whatever reasons. I don't even know all the reasons. And she's thinking, man, nobody's probably even going to, you know, celebrate my birthday or nothing. And the fact that her ladies in a life group, surprised her and just a few treats and, and, and made it a big deal. Not only was she happy on her birthday, but, it, but she said that it actually got her out of the slump she was in in life. That's living free, amen? That's the power of life groups, you know? And not only can this happen in a life group, um, you know, where you set free, you might think, well, Brandon, I'm doing pretty good like me. I've been free from drugs and alcohol for 16 years now, and I have no desire to do that anymore whatsoever. But maybe you're sitting here today and you've been in church for a long time, and you're just like, man, you haven't really connected to the body of Christ yet. You hadn't really connected to the church. And you, you just need some good, healthy friendships. Maybe, you know, a key about me getting free was that I, I stopped hanging out with all the people I used to hang out with. Like, I didn't let that guy in my apartment again, right? And I didn't go out. I had people calling me, hey, man, you want to go out tonight? You wanna... No, man, I'm good. I'm, I'm staying home by myself tonight, right? And so but the, the, the thing about life groups is when I came to church, I was able to make new friendships and build new, healthy friendships. I'll say this right now. There's people in your life right now as I'm speaking, you know you shouldn't be in a, in a relationship with them because it's pulling you down. 
whether it's a dating relationship or it's just a friendship that, you know, every time you get around that person, you maybe started out like, man, I'm trying to win this person to the Lord. And that's great. But I often say this, listen, if Pastor Kelly got up, it would be a lot easier for Pastor Kelly to pull me off this stage than for me to try to pull him up onto the stage. So just be careful because maybe you're in relationships with people right now that's pulling you down and you're not drawing them to the Lord. They might be drawing you away from the Lord. And it may be because you haven't made some lasting relationships in this church. But I want to show you a short video of a girl here in the church and how her testimony about life groups and relationships. My first experience was four years ago. I had joined a life group for the study of Revelation and it was one of the best life groups I've ever taken. And I learned so much, but also I gained a family throughout the whole process. And so I made friendships, about 97% of my um, relationships in the church are from life groups. I have led a life group for about a year now and I've enjoyed it. I've, Like I said, I've had such a great experience with um, the relationships I built in life groups that I wanted those relationships to be made in mine. So I wanted everybody to feel the way I felt. Just jump in. I mean, it doesn't matter what, where you're from, what background you have. We love you. We want to be a part of a family. And if that's what you're looking for, you're going you're gonna to find one. Amen. Isn't that awesome? She said 90-something percent of the friendship she made here at this church was through life groups. See how powerful it is now. It's been that long. And so, Lainey, what a blessing. She's, she's not only been in a life, now she's, she's leading one herself. And, and, and she's, she's on a serve team. She's actually on a couple of serve teams. Lainey does a little bit of everything. Uh, but such a blessing. But thank you, Lainey, for being willing to come in and, and record that and share that testimony. But that is, that's the power of life groups. It's to help you leave, live free. And it's to help you build lasting relationships. And I love what she said. Just jump in. Just jump in right now. We have all kind of new life groups that we're launching right now. You can go on the app, on the website, go on the life group directory. You can go in the kiosk when you walk out of these main doors to the right. There's a kiosk with all the new life groups that are coming out. If you're not involved in a life group, you might be saying, man, I've been struggling in the area. Life groups can help. Man, I don't, I, I've been at this church for maybe even years and I haven't connected with true friends before yet. I don't have, or I have some friendships that I know are not healthy for me. I need to get some healthy ones. Just jump in. Check it out. Look for some. Listen, you know, it, it, you might go and, and, and maybe the first one you check out might not be for you. And that's okay. Certain people flow with certain type of people. That's all right. Hey, look, we give you permission. Check a couple of them out. Go to a couple. Call the leaders and find out when they meet and, and what time, what works best for you, what you're interested in. They, they have, like she said, she got into a, a life group that was about the book of Revelation. And that's probably the deepest stuff you can get into. And then we got life groups where guys play basketball. And we got things everywhere in between, right? But listen, those basketball groups could be just as powerful. Because in there, hey, we pray. I've been to a couple with my son. We open up in prayer. We share a scripture after. But between that, man, we elbowing each other and trying to win the game, right? But, but we building relationships. A bunch of young men from junior high all the way up to, to, to our age. But there's something powerful about that. So no matter if you want to dive into a deep Bible study, they, people just drink coffee. We got scrapbooking, basketball, all kind of different things. I encourage you to jump in. And also, in a couple of weeks, uh, we're going to start a new series on faith on Sunday mornings. And then we're going to have a Wednesday night life group campaign to go with it. How many of y'all were a part of the January prayer campaign we had? Let me see your hand. I'm just curious. Take a little survey. Let me see your hands. So just a few people. Just, okay. Well, on, on this uh, next month, we're going to have something very similar. If you don't know what that is, is that on Wednesday nights, instead of having midweek service, 
Myself or Pastor Todd is going to come up and recap Pastor Todd's message from Sunday or give a short nugget on faith. And then we're going to break out. Everybody that shows up on Wednesday is going to break out into a life group. And we're going to discuss faith and the message from Sunday. And it's just another way to build relationships. So you have different ways you can get involved in life groups. So as, as Lainey said, to quote her again, just jump in. Amen. Life groups help you to live free. And you can see again, that's straight out of the Bible, James 5, 16. All right. That's the second part of our vision. The third part, or I'm sorry, that, yeah, that, that's, that's the second part. Third part is find your purpose. You must find your purpose. Ephesians 1.18 says this, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Remember, we must get free so we can see clearly and know the purpose the Lord has called us to. Pastor Larry Stockstill from, from Bethany in Baton Rouge, who will actually be with us next Sunday, by the way. He's going to be our guest speaker next Sunday. Sunday and men, he's going to be our guest speaker for the men's wild game cookout. Now, this brother knows how to speak to men. He's wrote, written a book called Model Man. He's spoken literally all over the country and the world speaking to men. So next Sunday, he's going to have a word for the church. Friday after that, for the men. But listen to what he said. I love this. I read this in one of his blogs just recently. Pastor Larry says this. Understanding is clarity. I've been very, I've been with very wealthy, important people who have no purpose. Money is not purpose. Rich people who retire figure that out. Clarity concerns the will of God. So then he begins to ask the questions. What is God's purpose for you? What is his will? What should you invest your life doing? Let me ask you a question. Let me add to Pastor Larry's questions. Are you tired of just living life to pay bills and to just survive? Get up and go to work Monday through Friday, pay bills, go through life, maybe do a few fun things on the weekend and then do it all over again? If that's you, I want to encourage you. You weren't created just to exist. None of us were put on this earth just so we can exist and go through a nine to five Get money, have fun, pay bills, and do it all over again to a die. Every single person on this planet, that includes you sitting here, was created for a purpose. Look what it says in Ephesians 2.10. So we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. I love this. Which God has prepared in advance for us to do. So you need to hear this. You are created for good works. You might have not heard that. You were created for good works. You were created to do some good, some powerful things in your life. And then it says, God prepared your purpose in advance. I love this. It's not like God just created us and put us here and says, huh, wonder what Brady's going to do now. I'm going to have to try to, I'm going to think on that for a little while. No, way before the foundations of the earth, God knew what Brady's purpose was. But not just Pastor Brady, all of y'all, all of us. Listen, let me say it this way. Before there was a you, there was something for you to do. Let me say that again. Before there was a you, there was something for you to do. God had something in mind for you to do. He had a purpose for you before he even created you. Now remember, don't get this out of order. The most important thing in our life is to know God, right? It has to start there. We got to know him personally. Then we got to live free because you've got all kind of junk and hurt and addiction in your life. I, I wouldn't have been able to go speak at the Townsend Drug Recovery Center if I was still an addict myself, right? I had to get free, and then God used me to speak at the jail and at recovery centers. we got to get free, but then we got to find our purpose because God had a purpose and plan for you all alone. Listen, guys, the happiest 
And most fulfilled people on the planet aren't the people without problems. It's the people that are living out their purpose. And I promise you that. It's not the people without problems. You, you think, man, if I could just get past this issue in my life, I would be happy. Man, if I can just land that job and start making that salary, then I would be happy. The most fulfilled people on the planet are not the people without problems or with the most money. They're the people living out their purpose. And I've said this before, and, and I was trying to find it. I don't have all the, the, the medical terms behind it. But basically, um, I heard a pastor t- he talk about this, that they did psychologists and, 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 and sociologists, they did these studies, all these different ologists, these different doctors that study human behavior in the brain. They, they talked about the different levels of living, and I think it's like six of them. And they thought that the highest level of living for people, when they got to a point where they had obtained everything that they wanted, then that's when people had, like, reached the, the apex of life. And that, that, was, that was a standard in the medical field for many, many years. Just recently, in the last few years, these doctors and these psychologists have found out that they were wrong. There's one more level of living that truly fulfills people, and it's not when you get everything. It's when they actually go out and help other people. And we see that to be true right now, right? I mean, I didn't look. I haven't been following that close, but I could about imagine. I was thinking, I bet you the Cajun Navy is already in North Carolina, right? I'm sure. You know, they, those guys, any storm, they there. And there's people flocking from all over our nation going to the Carolinas right now. Why? There's something inside of people that want to make a difference, that want to find a, find a purpose. For them, the Cajun Navy might, the, these guys that put their lives on the line to firefighters, first responders, that's their purpose. They know that's their calling is to our military. How many of y'all thankful for our military? Man, that's, I tell you, that's a high calling. I don't want to go do that, right? I'm glad they're called to do it. Amen. For all you military, active and retired, thank you. That's a high calling. That's a, I don't, you know, that's their purpose. They know their purpose was to go and serve or to rescue first responders. Listen, and I'm telling you, that's the most fulfilled people. And again, just real quickly, in my personal life, I had heard the gospel preached, and I know that I wasn't right with God, and if I died, I was going to spend eternity in the wrong place. But you know, as I look back on it, as further along in my walk, I realized that probably as equal as a, as a draw to give my life to Christ, because the Lord was drawing me, was because I wanted to know what my purpose was in life. Because what I just talked about, now I wasn't rich or anything by any means, but I, as, a, as a 20-something-year-old, early 20s, I had a good job, I had my own apartment, I had a nice little truck, I had money in my pocket. I, you know, I was doing anything I wanted to do. I'd go eat at any place in the town I wanted to eat. I can go to football games, go to concerts. I can do anything I pretty much wanted to do. But inside of me, I was like, man, I felt like I was running the rat race. Just as I said earlier, I'd get up on Monday mornings, go to work, work all week, come home on the weekends, go try to get high, get a buzz, run around, do try to fulfill myself. And it just, I was empty. I knew there was more. And I tell you what. It's nothing more fulfilling than to do what you know you call to do, what your purpose is. Listen, but it would be hard to know what the purpose for God is for you until you find out how God has created you. You say, man, what's my purpose? I don't know, Brandon. You've been, y'all been talking about what's, well, you might not know because you don't know how God's wired you, created you. So today, Pastor Dixie, after the second service, we'll have next steps, class three. And in that class, you will take a personality test. And our survey and a spiritual gift survey, and you will find out what 
your gifting is, how you're wired. You might actually even be serving already, but it's not the right fit for you. So I want to even say this. We hadn't been saying this. If you're serving on a team right now that you're not passionate about, I encourage you to at least go back to just step three of the next steps and take the personality and spiritual gifts test again. Because you might be serving, but you might be serving in the wrong place. You might be doing something different. And when I look back on my own personal life, the two things I scored highest on as a spiritual gifts was pastoring and evangelism. And just this week, a young man, 23 years old, committed suicide. I didn't know him, didn't know the family. And, and, and this guy was, according to the family, was not a religious guy or anything. And, and he, 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 the family reached out to us because of a family member that came to the service, Pastor Todd did, and asked me to go just do a blessing, a simple thing at the end. And, and, and man, you know, I had people praying for me. Matter of fact, I had Cassie was talking to another local pastor in town and told him where I was going and, and was like, man. And then Cassie was like, yeah, but Brandon loves doing that kind of stuff. And I do, I love going into environments where I don't know if people know Jesus or if they don't know Jesus. I love that. I love going to the jails and going around people that don't know Christ. I'm passionate about that. And when I think about that, my spiritual gift test said that I scored high in evangelism. It's how God's wired me, right? You don't have to force me to go tell somebody the gospel about Jesus Christ. I just, I love it. It's how God's wired me. I love pastoring. I love being in ministry. So listen, if you don't know what your purpose is, Go to Next Steps. Even today, I encourage you to go listen. Most people have DVR, record the Saints game after last week. You might not miss too much anyway, so I don't know. Go grab breakfast, come back, and come to the, to the Next step. And even that, you can record it. You only miss a little bit of it, uh, and, and you can go home. And like I said, I, we've never said this before. I don't think Pastor Dixon maybe. But listen, even if you're serving and you're like, man, this is a grind. This is hard for me. This is, I, I, don't, I don't get excited about going to do this. You might want to take, you don't have to go through the whole Next Steps again. Just go back and step three, take the personality and the spiritual gifts test, find out how God's wired you, and then get where you fit in, all right? Then we'll help you, direct you to fulfill your purpose, which leads to my last point. Third and final point, you were destined to make a difference. And I know I've kind of hit it on it. These things all intertwine. The last one is you are destined to make a difference. I'm going to read James 127 again. True spirituality is pure in the eyes of Father God. It's to make a difference in the lives I'm going to just say of other people, specifically here is orphan and widows. But he says, hey, this is true spirituality. This is, this is what one pastor calls the touchdown of Christianity right here. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to, the next steps class is to move you along on the journey. And so, you know what, you come to know God, then you live free, then you find your purpose. But listen, just as football season, I say today, yesterday, whoever your team was, whether they won or lost, every team in America yesterday and today, their ultimate goal every time they get the ball is what? A touchdown. They want to score. So for us, the touchdown is for you to start serving somewhere and to make a difference. That's the ultimate goal of the Christian in life. And not to just do it one time, but to do it continuously. Again. See, once you find out how God has created you and what your purpose is, you must serve where you fit and flow. You must serve where you fit and you flow. I promise you, 120,000%, you do not want me on a microphone up here. I can be willing to serve, and I am. I've told Nathan Maria multiple times, I will help y'all lead worship today. And they turn me down 100% of the time, right? I'm willing to serve. I'm willing to help out. But I trust me, this is not where I fit and where I flow. I know my calling. I know my purpose. I, I might make a difference, but it's going to be a negative difference if I'm leading worship up here, right? So you got to serve where you fit and flow. You need to make a difference according to your purpose, how God has wired you. You know, I often quoted this scripture I'm about to read to you. 
But as I read it just a couple of days in my daily devotion time, it became even more powerful to me. Because I've quoted this when I preached like, hey, you know, but listen to this verse, John 13, 17, Jesus said, now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. And I always quoted that when I preach a message or talk about a spiritual principle. But as I read that, it hit me. For time's sake, I'm not going to read it. He said that, God, now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing it. You know when he said this? Right after he washed the disciples' feet and he was teaching them about serving. He had just washed the disciples' feet. And you remember Peter was like, no, don't wash my feet. He's like, if you don't wash your feet, then you're not with me. He's like, okay, wash my whole body. He's like, no, you don't need a bath. You know, you don't get it. I'm just teaching you how to serve. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. So if you do know your purpose, that's great. The blessing comes when you start making a difference. That's the words of Jesus right after his teaching on serving. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them, right? So what's the action step? Of course, these are very simple, but it's very practical. Jump on a serve team. Get on a serve team here. And it's not just about church. I'm going to encourage you to to make a difference in every part of your life. But I'm telling you, we have an amazing serve team here. By the way, I want to give a round of applause to everybody that's on our serve team that serves on a regular basis. Amen? You know, before you even got here, there was people making coffee so you can have fresh coffee to drink. When you were walking up, somebody should have opened the door for you. I just saw an usher in the back open the door. You had some friendly, lovely lobby host smiling and saying, uh, and handsome, by the way, because we have a few men on the lobby host team, saying, uh, welcome to family, smiling. Well, you know, I see people with their kids' life shirts on that are serving our children, that are, that are in there rocking our babies and changing diapers. Our amazing worship team, right? Again, people, they come up here early. They're, they're here early in the morning on Sunday so to rehearse and to practice and to do, and to do that. I mean, all across the board, Wednesday nights, you know, Pastor Brady, you see Jonathan McKayla here, amazing serve team. They help out with the students, Fusion, the high school students. We have a great 412 team, our junior high ministry, that all these people are serving, doing this as, as on their own time. We have an amazing serve team. So listen, there's always a continuous area to serve in. Right now, as I'm preaching, there's people upstairs praying, the intercessory prayer team, which was the first team I ever served on. And after service is over, we always say, if you need prayer, come down here. A few of the pastors are up here, the staff, but the majority of this altar team is the serve team. They're doing this volunteer. They're getting here early. They're going to pray. They're coming back up here to pray. All of our life group leaders and life group hosts, these are all volunteer serve team members. So if you're not on a serve team, if you know your purpose, it's time to jump on a serve team. Maybe, again, you might be on a team that's not the right fit. You know, I want to encourage you, find out what your purpose is, jump on a serve team, and if you're already, you know, on one, you took a break, we want to encourage you. There's, there's continuous ongoing ways. And step four of Next Steps next week will help you to connect with a serve team that fits and flows with your purpose, passion, and gifting. Listen to this. I, I, got a, uh, I caught a lady this week. She said this. She said, um, my iPad's messing me up here. She said she tried to get on a serve team last year and it didn't work out, but she was stirred up by Pastor Todd's message last week. And she said, I just have to do something. She said, I have to do something. Matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, I believe she's going to be in the sound booth today checking out how she can serve and help out. So not only do we have ongoing serve teams that uh, you can be a part of on a monthly basis, we actually just serve once a month, but we have a huge outreach that we can all be a part of that's going to make a difference in the lives of men of Acadiana, and that's our Wild Game Cookout. I know Pastor Kelly just hit on it, but I, I just want to, I want to preach this announcement real quick, right? Because we're less than two weeks out. And I just want to give you the scope. We don't, 
We're not just having this event to just have a bunch of church guys come eat a bunch of food and win a bunch of prizes, which we do, and that's great. But listen, guys, again, the heart of this, this, this event and ladies is to reach people that are lost, is to make a difference in the lives of lost. So listen, we can still use cooks. Most men come out to this event to come eat, to come eat some good wild game. Some guys aren't hunters. They don't have the food to eat the, the specialty meats, the deer, the duck, the whatever. But, you know, we're going to have some neutral this year, by the way. That's a delicacy. So some of y'all don't think it is, but for you men, look, Chuck's all about it. They're going to come to the church to eat, but they might come back. They might get connected. Hey, listen, they might get saved. And you're cooking, men. If you already signed up, thank you. If you would like to cook, your cooking could make a difference in the life of a man's life and his eternity by stirring a pot and cooking some wild game. That's the, that's the vision. I'm trying to give you a vision of why we do this, this wild game cookout. Listen, guys, we still need meat. Matter of fact, at this point, and I'm not trying, this is not a sob story guilt trip. I'm going to just tell you where you're at. I'm, I'm, where we at? Casting vision. I've never had this, the, the least amount of meat I've had this year so far, this close to wild game cookout. We still need a lot of meat to pull this event off. So listen, if you got any kind of wild game in your freezer, or if you know someone, I encourage you to donate to this event. Cause you know why? Giving meat to this event is kind of like giving money to missions. You might not eat that meat again. You might not eat it yourself. You might not see who eats it. But you have just sowed a seed into the purpose of furthering the gospel of Jesus Christ. Just like we give. You might have just gave already to the hurricane relief. You might never see that meat again. You might walk around that night, never eat it, don't know who ate it. But if one of those guys comes and gets saved on that night after they hear Pastor Larry preach the gospel, the meat you gave, that's part of your fruit which you're going to see in heaven. Amen? For you cooks, every pot you stir, every bowl you fill, that's the vision of this. As we're doing, you can make a difference through our game cookout. And again, we still need men to help serving on the event the day of, the Thursday before. We're all going to be setting up. You can go on your app. You can go to iPad in the lobby. Sign up to be a part of the serve team. You can also invite people. Listen, you can buy them tickets. Listen, guys, they're five bucks a ticket. Guys and ladies, let me draw the ladies into it. It's a men's event, but ladies, you know you can make a difference in the lives of men even though you can't come to this event. Sorry. You have husbands, you have brothers, you have cousins, right? You have neighbors, you have co-workers that are men, right? So for you ladies, you can still make a difference. Why don't you invite them? Hey, our church is having a big men's wild game cookout. There's going to be all kind of prizes. Matter of fact, we're giving away a huge, there's a guy in the church that custom made a huge Deer stand that's collapsible. It's a it, it's it's. I went look at it the other day. I took pictures of it. We're giving away a whole deer stand, and he said, if you don't deer hunt and if you don't have property to hunt, he's gonna take you on a hunt. That's pretty awesome, right? That's one of the prizes. So listen, Jesus fed him with fish and loaves. We feed him with fish, deer, duck, and the promise to maybe go hunt, right? But it's the same purpose. We're trying to get people here. So ladies, you can invite them. Tell them they can win a shotgun, a deer stand, all this kind of stuff that they can win. A big old plush, uh, oversized, big man recliner we're giving away and all kind of other prizes. But the goal is so ladies, you can help out, make a difference for this event as well. Again, Pastor Kelly told you the ways. You can buy tickets online. You can sign up to serve and whatnot. So as I wrap it up, John 9, 4 says this. Jesus said, we must quickly carry out the task assigned to us by the one who sent us. Why did Jesus say to do this quickly? I, I mentioned it earlier. It's because we don't know how much time we have left. The reason why we, 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 we're not just giving you the vision. Listen, it's not just about helping us out, y'all. By you doing your purpose and making a difference, it's how God's wired you. You're going to be the most fulfilled you've ever been, and you're going to help move it, move this thing forward. 
We don't know how much time we have left. Psalm 90, 12 says this, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them the way that we should. Why don't you go ahead and stand up with me? Recognize how few they are. Teach us, Lord, to number our days. Come on, let's pray that together. Teach us, Lord. Recognize and number our days. How few are they? Help us to spend them. We're trying to encourage you and move you to spend however many days you have left on this earth fulfilling God's vision for your life, finding out what your purpose is, making a difference. They could be few or they could be very few. Again, this this lady that passed away just this week, I was at the funeral home last night and the family said, man, this was a shocker. I mean, she had double lung transplant, major surgery, but said she was doing great. Said, I got a picture and a text the night before saying she was doing great. Next day, she passes away. Just like that. They thought that she's got a new lease on life. 24 hours later, she's gone. We don't know how many days we have left. Last week, Pastor Todd talked about knowing God personally. The only way to know God the Father in a personal way is through his son, Jesus Christ. John 14, 6, Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus is the only way to know God the Father and the only way to experience eternal life. And then I read this this morning. I just felt like I had to add it. John 14, 1 and 4, Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't freak out about everything, the storms and the, and the, and the, the waves and the floods and how much time you got left. He said, don't let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my father's home. If there were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come back and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. Is Jesus on the earth right now? No. Where's Jesus? He's in heaven at the right hand of the Father. He said we will be with him where he is forever. And you know the way to where I am going, which he just said. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So, again, this whole vision has to be, it's in order. Know God personally. Live free. Find your purpose. Make a difference. But you might be here today. And you say, Brandon, I don't know if I know God personally. I don't know if I have a personal relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ. Jesus makes it clear there's only one way, and it's through him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is eternal life. He's the only way. No matter what you've heard, the Bible says and makes it clear, Jesus is the only way to heaven. Whatever head bowed and every eye closed. If you say, Brandon, I've tried other ways to try to get to heaven or to make sure to find out if I was, you know, uh, uh, right with God. I think I'm right with God. I'm not sure, man, I, but, but I want to make sure. Again, 23-year-old, 55-year-old, just this week, that's young people. With every head bowed, every eye closed. If you say, Brandon, you know what? I don't know if I'm right with God. I don't know if I have a personal relationship with God, through the, uh, the, God the Father, through Jesus, but I want to make sure. If that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand and say, Brandon, I need to get right with God today. I need to get right with the Lord. I want to come to know God personally. That's me. I see your hand in the back. Ma'am, I see your hand over here. Anybody else? Anybody else say, man, I see your hand. I need to come to know the Lord personally. I want to come on. We're going to pray together. Let's all pray together. We're going to pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Lord, I ask that you would save me today. I want to start a personal relationship with you today. Lord, help me. Set me free. Show me my purpose and help me to make a difference, Lord, so I can live for you all the days of my life, however they might be. 
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, why don't we give these a round of applause. Let's rejoice with them. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, there's a card in the pew in front of you that says, I've made a decision. Fill that out, bring it to the lobby and the info center. And, and we got a Bible for you, we got a gift for you. We want to help you get started on this journey that we've been talking about. It's a four-part journey for all of us. No matter which step of the journey you're on, it's continuing for all of us. And I want to encourage you to go and live out the vision. Amen. Let me pray over you, Father. I pray your blessing upon these as they go. Be with them. Help them, Lord God, to fulfill the vision you have for each and every one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be down here to pray with you.